do your intro. Go on. Great. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, hang on. Did I send that to you? It's, uh, uh, yes, hang on. Um, this is smooth sailing. Hi, I'm Luke Campbell. I work for a small wine company. He's Luke Morris. He works for a big wine company. And together, we are Luke's Talk Wine. We talk about all things wine and booze, popular culture. Just think when to drink, why we drink it, and culture that surrounds drinking. Hello, Luke. Hi, Luke. How's it, how's it going? Yes. Good, mate. You with us? What's yeah. been happening in your wine world, Luke Campbell? Gee, wine world. Um, you were telling me you're busy with virtual tastings at the moment. How are they going? Rocketing along. Yes. Well, in this, um, in this pandemic world, everything is online and people are feverishly trying to upskill Luke. So, yes, we, we are busier than normal with our, our virtual tastings. And I think... For us, uh, it's a way that people can access our ability as a sommelier and learn from our team, um, you know, and, and we've got a wide range of knowledge from professionals who've worked on restaurant floors and managed wine lists in hotel groups and, and their willingness to convey that has really taken off this week. So we're doing all things from whiskey tastings to a wine course to old world versus new world masterclasses. So, yeah, we, we are busy this week, but busy in a good way in the fact that we can share our knowledge with people, Luke. What about your what about your wine world? You just well, oh, I'm supposed to be drinking some burgundy right now, but I forgot to open the bottle, so I've just been focusing on this stuff, to be honest with you. <laughs> I did a virtual sort of seminar yesterday. It's does everybody put themselves on mute? Is it hard to look at a box and see people get distracted by other things? How have you found the etiquette? Are people are we doing okay? Are we are we learning to cope? <laughs> the, the the virtual etiquette it's kind of different because you can still you gotta you gotta read the room, albeit a screen. You gotta read the screen. Um, but yeah, it still can be quite confronting in a way that you, as the host, what you're getting half naked people room. turning up on their screens. Well, no, you get you get people turn up with different abilities different levels different um different levels of you used a good word there etiquette social etiquette so some people turn up and they're all for it they're in the frame they're not on mute they're out there being quite gregarious and then there's other people who just are cameras off and don't talk for the whole evening so you've really <laughs> got to be able to read, read the room and is there etiquette i don't know i, I think yes there is some etiquette just like in day-to-day living in a face-to-face world, Luke, but um, have we learned to observe it yet? I'm not quite sure we have. Do you know something you, you touched on there with uh, the etiquette of having the camera on or off? I I thought that that was always like a sign of someone being disengaged, but then I found out that a lot of people do that if they've got slow bandwidth and they're just trying to like get the best quality video and audio they can by cutting themselves their, their own picture out of the um process yes and i just thought oh that's a nice eye opener you know it makes you just do realize a little bit that um you're not you are connecting with people they've just got other priorities a little bit or they're trying their best to pay attention that's why the camera's off not not that they're you know not paying attention that's a great way to look at it luke i haven't looked at it like that but <laughs> it's, it's quite true people are trying to get as much bandwidth in this day and age so that yeah. well the is, kids is are plausible possibility kids are off watching shrek 8 the, the, the rents are in the other room down in a, some whiskey and some uh, Chardonnay and uh, 
paying attention to Luke Campbell's Unified Classes. Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books, so visit lukemorrisha.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrisha.com.au, L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A.com.au. Have a great day. When you're teaching people, the language that people use is a really complicated wine language, wine talk, has its own set of words. Well, they're the same words everybody else uses, but we use them in really strange ways. Or at least I have customers who use them in ways I don't understand what they're saying to me when they talk about, I want a really smooth Riesling. It's like, have you ever found Riesling to be very smooth? There's always a... (laughs) Uh, 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 well, I guess, kick to it. What, what, are they, what do people mean by their words? Well, it's a, it's a fair point. Y- yeah, you have to. It's, it's like anything. You know, if you're in a relationship, there's a love language. If you're into film, there's a, you know, there's a, a, a cinematic language. And, and same with wine, you know. Wine has many descriptions. We all buy wine but not a lot of us really knows what it, know what it takes like. So a, a lot of kind of a lot of folks, including me, really rely on reading some of those description to get an idea of what wine tastes like. Oh, before we get it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you got to remember that wine writing is a business to sell, right? So it, it, people try and use these common descriptors, but you mentioned you know s- s- smooth reasoning. Well, that's kind of a bit tough, yeah, because. Riesling is naturally high in acidity, so it's always going to be, you know, tart or zesty. It's it's not ever going to be smooth. It's actually going to be quite um, sharp. You might get a smooth Riesling if it was aged and a lot of those acids and tartness had died down. But have yeah, you, wine descriptors. The, have you heard the descriptor of bitey? So bitey is bitey is a good one as well. So bitey is mean? when that. Bite is a kind of really um, sharp, a- a- acidic descriptor. So, um, and just if you were to think of, you know, as children of the 80s, you might have stuck your tongue on the end of a battery and you got that little bit of zing. Uh, that would be classed as a bite, a bitey. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an acid derivative, really. Is that a real word? Have you yeah. seen that in like wine speak things? Yeah, you might, you might get bitey. Um, you get all weird. You get chewy, charcoal, Chew, yeah. you know, buttery, big. You get all weird and wonderful. Um, and every, everybody, it's so subjective. Wine is subjective. So you have so many different I- interpretations, right? So, you know, I, I might say chewy tannins and you might say grainy tannins. So, uh, and you and I are talking about exactly the same thing, but yet we're using a different language. So, Well, yeah, someone, consumer, someone said to me like crunchy tannins. I was like, how do you crunch a tenon? Well, yeah, crunchy tenon, crunchy tenon, no. Crunchy acid, yes. I guess, you know, crunchy in white acid wine. And being like in that, in that, when, you, when we were talking about the bitey, the, the high acid, and that, and you, you get a real sense of that feeling. That's something you can bite into, crunch it. Is that what you, maybe that's what they Yeah, that, that's where, that's exactly where you get. But can you do that with, 
tannin? I don't know if you can. Tannins are often, you know, chewy or gritty or grainy. Um, you know, phenolics in white wine. So white tannins are often referred to as phenols or phenolics. So the, the skin of the white wine. Can they be crunchy? I, I don't think they can, Luke. No. No. Complex is yeah. another word I, I write down. Something I, I, I see that a lot in um, on wine descriptors and I hate it. Because to me, it just mm. means that the person writing hasn't like consulted a thesaurus or just complex is, yeah. is too vague. Anything's complex. I, the Rubik's Cube is complex. Like how well, complex? The, the, just so that's in construction, right? So if you say the Rubik's Cube is complex, everybody's aware you've already identified that, yeah, the Rubik's Cube is com- is complex, but you can't really say a wine is complex uh, unless you're going on to say it's complex because of you've got yeah. the crunchy acids or like, I agree with you. The vagaries of complexity are beyond me. I, I don't like that term. It's it's like saying a wine is really good. You, ca- you can't really <laughs> do that like, because you haven't, yeah, I have an outline why it's good. So same same thing with complexity. I, I, I think it's a really overused term. I, I couldn't concur more. Um, the moment you s- swallow a wine or consume a wine, if there's lots going on in your mouth from from acid to sharpness to creaminess, crispness, you'll you realise if it's complex or not. So that's why you would enunciate. That's what you would enunciate. You you have to expand on that. You once once you're finding that there's lots going on, try and dig into it. Try and identify what those pull out those well, just, little any, threads. Any any language, I guess you want to expand on it. Um, That's actually yeah, really so true. That, when, when I did some wine education back in the day, I'd always bring out my little map of words that I'd use, and I'd tell people yep. that if you're going to learn about wine in tasting it. Um, try and write down as many descriptors as you can because that will force your brain to start thinking of different words and do, giving things better identifiers so that if you keep writing down passion fruit, you either um, are drinking too much Sauvignon Blanc or you just start to realise that that's very common in Sauvignon Blanc. So the more descriptors you can use and the more you write things down, the better at tasting and identifying things you'll get in wine education oh, without a doubt yeah. you know we, we always say stick in our classes if people particularly when they're starting out and they're finding a wine they love and enjoying a style and unearthing something new the more notes you can start that take along the way the better you'll become as a wine taster because you'll learn pretty quickly the tasters that you use and the descriptive words that you use will be able to build up that vocab. Learning the language of wine is, is an art form, but we're not talking about some of the crap that's written on the back of the bottle. As you rightly <laughs> identified it, if you're using passion fruit all the time, you're drinking one too many savvies, but you might then learn actually it's not passion fruit I'm tasting, it's, it's white flowers, or, or yeah. you might be able to expand on that. Yeah, if you get sick of writing passion fruit, you, as I did, you know, get sick of using the same terms, you start to pick out the subtle differences between those terms, and you get. I, I love um, a bit better the the, the the subtlety between them. You, you, you raise a good point there. I, I love the terms 
and you could probably explain this, you, you get terms like flabby or fat. What are you talking about? Like, um, ah, oh, yeah, but see, that's a mouthfeel, I think. Like, I don't, I wouldn't really describe a wine as being fatty because it doesn't have fat elements in it. But when you're talking about something as being quite broad and big and and voluptuous in the mouth, you're talking about something that, you know, has a, a flavour that coats. It doesn't have the acid that holds it within, you know, certain corners. It just, it, it's broad. It's, it's lactic acids um, yeah. are, are, are present. Yeah, you find in milk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There is, there, it's a weird language, wine. wine the wine language is weird. Oh, I can be really unique to people. Um, that's why I was, I find it interesting the words that people use to describe wine, if from potentially the uneducated side of things, where they start throwing, like I said, smooth reasoning at you. And it's just like, how? Where did you come up with that one? Have you ever met people who, who struggle? With learning the language of wine oh. in in taste, I, I think oh, r- ridiculously, it, it's often a starting point. You know, people are they're not in embar- they're not embarrassed to drink the wine or taste the wine. They're often embarrassed to talk about the wine because yep. they say, oh, I, don't, "I don't know wine." I always say, "If you know what you like, you're a step ahead of most of us." Right. So the rest of us are on this journey to find out what we like. A lot of people who come to us, particularly for our classes, our advanced wine course in particular, which we run every month, people want to know the language. They want to learn the vocabulary. They want to be able to, you know, spell unctuous, for goodness sake. Like, <laughs> not just talking about a wine that's oily. Like, um, you know, and these things that are gripped by people get gripped with. And, you know, it's, it, it is a language. It's a different language. And, you know, you and I that have had a history in it, we've learned it over time too. We weren't kind of born into this language. It's kind of something we've used and developed over time. I think with that, that it does remind me of a, um, a customer I had who almost refused to want to learn any wine terms, but then was very stubborn on the types of wine that they wanted to drink. And it made it very, very hard for me to draw out what they wanted when they were just using very very basic terms that could have been applied to a lot of wines and that was very hard and then i tried i tried to figure out a way to like turn that key and get them to to use another way of expressing themselves i used food as an analogy and tried to use that as a as a cornerstone have have you had to use any tricks for people or do do you find any way of bringing people into expanding when when they sit there quiet and they don't want to say anything how do you get people into it well yeah as as a sommelier bringing food in or a food match is a great way to 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 make it go full circle going back a step there you know this whole conversation started with about something smooth right so you know describing smooth they're all they're all synonyms of like velvety silky lush you know, they're all um, almost one in the same. And trying to describe that to people is I always describe it like the glass and a half of full cream milk, you know, the chocolate on the Cadbury milk ad yes. that might get poured into the glass. So that's how I, I tell people to visualise what smooth is. And also the, the grainy tannins, you know, I, I think about people, um, you know, grazing 
their knees or arms off a bike fall into the gravel as a child. And that grainy, gravelly texture is tenons or things like... I love the beautiful uh, visual elements you bring to it. Absolutely. And, and then acid is, is a great one or moreover um, trying to define tenon for people. Tenon is that swep of essence in a, in a fizzy glass of soda water. And people um, really bring to get it. When you, when you bring food in and that textural component, they can really visualize um, the wine language, so to speak. So absolutely we do. We bring food in all the time, Luke. But I love, the, yeah, that, that, the way of describing tannin as having the, uh, the, the, the gravelly elements Gravel. and, and think, of, think of things that are tangible. Uh, in that sense, yeah, uh, and it, I suppose that's that's one thing I like doing with wine these days is trying to identify each wine I drink as though it was a person and and give it a real character, an independent oh. personal note. Who is this white Burgundy? And if it's and if it's more Chablis, is, is you know Chablis would be a smartly dressed, quite sharply dressed, you know, because it's got it's, it's um because of the acid and it's quite clean. I'll be probably quite a slender person, neatly, neat hair, and the and higher rank you go up, probably the bit better of the clothing they wear. But within, you know, a, a burgundy that sees oak and, and Lee's storing and things like that, I imagine a bit more of a, you know, someone who needs to wear a suit to hide the gut. Doesn't mean they're not enjoying their life, but they, they have a bit more of a, of a body about them in that sense. Yeah, that's a really good way of, of doing it, actually. Like you're, you're surmising and encapsulating the character of the wine as a person, yeah. which is, a, which is a, a really great way to do it. Like, you know, a winemaker, an Italian winemaker, albeit, once described the difference between the Pinot Gris of Alsace and the Pinot Grigios of uh, northern Italy yeah. as vehicles. He once described them the Grigios of the racy, sleek lines of the red Ferrari and the Pinot Gris of Alsace of that round, blue, bubbly Renault with the, um, you know, ripeness and fullness of flavour and hint of fruit, whereas the Pinot Grigio was the racy, sleeky, zesty lines of the Ferrari, which I really, I've always never forgotten it. And it was a great analogy for me. He was describing it as cars. You're doing it as people. Some people do it as food. I think anything that... and helps you understand the language of wine is helping you drink better and drink more. Hey, man, um, I have set up yeah. so far, uh, there exists Luke's Talk Wine at gmail.com. And yes. through that, I'm about to get things online. I actually have got some audio online, but I don't really want to release it until we have some visual elements. So we'll... we'll, we'll get a tile for the um the cast i've got a uh, you know i have made a little recording for your um business but do you, do you have a, a do you want to do a proper recording of what you tell us what, what vinified is in, in a nice 10 30 second grab or do you want to come back and write something down and do that another day Nah, let's do it now okay do you know what you want to say um I want to say something, like I said last week. <laughs> it was really good. Um, I cut it out, but then I, I sent it to you and you said that you didn't, you, you forgot to mention the retail side of things. You yes, said yes, that yes, you true, were, true. that your Finified is 
people's personal uh like they used a really good word i'll i'll do it it's all right i'll um i won't do it for you no god no that would be silly (laughs) (laughs) all right um i could um come up with something i did actually like it was quite funny we were talking about in last week's show we were talking about music as um wines and relating it to as such and you put my ad under a country music song which i I did actually get quite a laugh out of so thank you for that i did that on purpose so i was was, was googling my way all through the uh, audacity (laughs) system there excellent uh all right so vinified are the wine sellers specialists we're australia's only personal sommelier service our sommeliers work with you to build your cellar our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, we can host your dinner parties, or we can procure you that rare wine. Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk Wine. Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. Is it www.vinified.com.au or is it? Oh, yeah, we could do that. www.vinified.com.au. Find us on the web. Boom. I'm going to edit that together. Maybe, you know, next week. I don't know how my time's going to. Maybe I'll I'll have time this weekend. I've got to actually run the things that I do. I'll record an ad for myself later, but I do um stand-up shows comedy infotainment i guess at um uh, festivals and events and i'm preparing a submission for adelaide fringe they're always quite more detailed than you think because they ask questions like what's your marketing plan it's like yeah i'm just going to sell tickets and then you realize that you've actually got to detail what your marketing plan is and that's uh, it's all the bits in the marketing plan Anyway, <laughs> I worry about that in future, mate. I think another thing I'm going to do in future is get uh, a glass of burgundy that I'm meant to be drinking in about 20 minutes for uh, uh, a work tasting that I have to present at. That's Lucky you. It's, so it's how did it come about that you're drinking burgundy and you're not drinking burgundy? What's uh, going on there? Mate, well, I just remembered that I had to do this and then I remembered half – as soon as I press record on this, I was like, right, we've got to finish by this time because I've got to go do that tasting with the wine that's in the fridge and I've got to take it out of the fridge. And, ah, I forgot to do that part. <laughs> I couldn't have opened it and everything. It's, it's, it's a lovely wax capsule. looks really smart. Um, I think it's a, a, a light burgundy though. I think, it, and, and to be honest with you, I got, I got told that it's a burgundy, but I've had a look and I think... It's more of a um, Vindapay, you know, Burgundy uh, area. Yeah. There's, a topic. There's a topic for another day. Wax capsules. Oh, are man. They in or are they out? Oh, wax capsules are in. People love wax capsules. <laughs> but As, do they? Uh, do they really? No, no. I'll tell you what people, because I work with a big wine company and lots of people get really excited about wax capsules. Um, some people hate screw cap but love wax capsules because they believe cork is better for breathing into a wine, which, at which point I point at the wax capsule and say, no oxygen is getting through that into the wine. You might as well have a screw cap. 
but that's me getting angry. Um, Fair enough. That's that's me selling wine at the moment. I get angry if my customers don't <laughs> ask me questions. That I anyway, I do want them to ask questions. Most of my customers are really really lovely. I shouldn't badmouth them. Send us an email to Luke Talks Luke's Talk Wine, and I can be sell you some wine angrily. <laughs> As only you can do. It's only I well, can do. Well, Luke, what, you, what are you, you what enjoy... are you up to? What are you drinking or selling, mate? Oh, what, what am I? You know, actually, you know what I'm drinking. Sorry, you hear me rustling around papers here. What I am drinking is the new release Nocturne Chardonnay. It's their sub-regional Chardonnay from WA, Julian Langworthy. Julian Langworthy, he won the Jimmy Watson, actually. His day job, he's the winemaker at Deepwoods. But he and his wife, Alana, have a small business called Nocturne. And they make some stunning WA sub-regional wines. But they're Chardonnay. 2020, it's it's just pale stone fruits, just deliciously, you know, deliciously flinty and orchard fruit without being that really rich and, there's that term again, fat. Um, round Chardonnay of the eighties, but it's it's pretty good. I um, yeah, about about thirty five bucks, Lukey, and it's just delicious. I, I think you know. I'm it's imagining been... a I'm imagining a guy who's sitting on a fence, summer sun. I'm thinking I'm I'm expecting a bit rugged because of the flintiness. Just you know, a bit earthy kind of guy, probably wearing a hat. Still enjoying the, you know, country farmer in shorts. Uh, yep. Work, work boots. Absolutely. Work boots. Sitting on the sitting on the farm fence, having a shardy. Yeah, that's it. chewing a piece of hay at the same time. <laughs> Mate, that's what I'm drinking, and and I'm loving it. You know, I could give you some food match, but I'm actually the the bottle's half gone. It's um, <laughs> it's not even going. To <laughs> It's absolutely delicious. It's brand new. It's it's just released. Perfect time for spring drinking, and it's just got a flavour to die for. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, mate, I better go crack into, into my bag. We do it all on Luke's Talk Wine. Luke's right, Talk Wine at gmail.com. Send us a question, I'll um, and we'll get all this going really professional-like. Excellent. <laughs> well, in the words of Tony Barber, keep smiling and bye for now. Vinified is your wine concierge. We can present simple tastings. We can grant you access to some great winemakers and wineries. We do a host of events, a lot of masterclasses throughout the year. And we also run our famous advanced wine course. And you can find these events at www.vinified.com.au. And we would welcome you to the fold.